What's up, everybody? It's Ethan here. Uh, Patrick, not joining us for the episode this week, because Phoebe has finally given birth to little Leo Nevi. It's a beautiful day. I believe the birth happened on sometime in the morning between Saturday, April 30th, and Sunday, uh, May 1st. Um, I believe the actual birth happened on the 30th. I, I could have that wrong. Um, I was on a retreat that weekend, so I don't really... Uh, the texts all came at the same time, so it's hard for me to know when, when the actual time was. But anyway, so say some prayers for uh, Phoebe to recover quickly, for Leo to continue to grow and, and you know be, be the good baby and all those things, and for Patrick to uh, step well into his fatherly duties. It's a very, very exciting time, so I'm sure the Nevy family will appreciate all of your prayers. So just recording this real quick because I wanted to uh, update you guys on that and also let you know that this week, I believe it was on Tuesday, we did a new live stream through the Discord. Uh, We're calling it a Crunch Lunch. Uh, I came home over my lunch break and we just chatted real quick uh, over over the lunch hour, probably between 12.30 and 1.30 or 12 and 1, somewhere around there, Central Time. We talked about the uh, Roe v. Wade leak uh just kind of had a podcast me and regan sort of went back and forth and i kind of shared some of my thoughts took some questions that audio is going to be posted directly to and and exclusively for patrons Uh, so if you would like to hear this crunch lunch and future crunch lunches um, which will be kind of impromptu live streams about various topics maybe it'll be planned maybe we'll have guests who knows but um trying to find out more ways to to do things that are easy to for Patrick and I to execute on and uh, good content for people who support us. So join us on Patreon, five bucks a month. Easy, right? Not only is that a buck 25 per episode normally, but it's also you're getting all the benefit of, of all the bonus content that we're putting out. So uh, check that out. If you are a patron and you haven't linked your discord channel to uh your your patreon account to the discord channel and you're not in the discord channel for patrons send me a message on discord i would love to get that sorted out so that you can be privy to uh, all of those conversations uh, that we will be having on that channel so just wanted to update you guys on that crunch lunch give another reminder to uh, support us on patreon if you have not this week we've got a great episode with john donahue from truth charting Patrick and I saw one of his YouTube videos. He thought he was pretty funny. There was a young guy who was trying to do uh, something similar to what we were doing when we we started out, you know, all those years ago. And so had him on and uh, had a great conversation with him about mission to to Gen Z, uh, being on YouTube, trying not to be, you know, weird and and why Matt Frad is is so powerful and why his shadow seems to be cast over all uh, all of Catholic media and how we can kind of enter into that and invite people into uh, an exciting and adventurous way of living the Christian life, specifically the Catholic faith. So great conversation with John. I'm excited for you all to hear it. Uh, And uh, in the meantime, keep praying for the Nevi family. Keep praying for uh, Emma and our child as she progresses through her pregnancy. And I'm excited to get back to you guys next week. Not sure what the episode's going to be. Don't know if Patrick's going to join us or not. So stick with us uh, as we kind of navigate the first few weeks of Leo Nevi's life. Enjoy this episode. Thanks. Welcome to The Crunch, the only podcast where one of the co-hosts is out and having a baby and the other one is doing an interview all by himself. It's your boy, Ethan. And I am joined today by uh, John Donahue. Am I saying that right? Okay. You are. Um, yeah, that's correct. This is I'm very excited to have you on the show because Patrick sent me one of your videos. I think it was the one where you put the billboards up. And mm-hmm. I was just yeah. he was like, should we have this guy on? And I don't really like to do interviews. But uh, there was something about like the tone and the style of the video that you had made that I think struck both of us in like, a, oh, this guy's doing something that not a lot of other people are doing. And so I thought, especially since Patrick is out on patern- Pat Ernity leave, um, it would be good to, to have you on and chat a little bit. So welcome to the welcome to the podcast, John. Yeah, thank you. And thank you for saying that about the, the billboard video. My uh 
my greatest fear is that I make yeah, something that's cringe. good. And so the fact that you guys actually watched it and felt like it was worthy of having me on your show. Um, totally. Absolutely. Um, well, so for people that don't know about John, he's got is your brand. Would you say your brand is called truth charting? Is that? accurate so yes he's got a yeah, website it's truthcharting.com. Right, yeah. you can find him on twitter he doesn't look like he's very active on the twitter um the <laughs> Not instagram truth charting and then youtube all the it's just all the same all across all the platforms right and it looks like and yes, maybe you can you can this would be a good opportunity for you to tell us just a little bit about kind of why you started it and, and what the goal is but it looks like mm-hmm. your your whole thing is you know trying to make catholicism appear to be interesting and exciting uh, to the to a a person who's online <laughs> is kind of the, is kind of what Bingo. I'm getting. So yeah, maybe talk a little bit about that. Yeah, that's, that's absolutely right. I worked for a parish for like three years. Um, and you know, I was also very active in that parish for my entire mm-hmm. life since I was three. And so I saw countless confirmation classes mm-hmm. go through that parish. Um, and then like the percentage of those people that I knew, um, who would leave their confirmation class, you know, get their confirmation, go on to graduate high school, and then just immediately uh, just mm-hmm. kind of stop practicing uh, was ter- yeah. like scary, you know? Um, and I didn't grow up like that. I grew up, you know, going to a Catholic camp with my Whoa. family every year um, and going to retreats and stuff like that. It was, it was a vibrant life, and I loved being Catholic. Wow. Um, and so I just, I just noticed that there's, a, there's this subset of of people that are not experiencing mm-hmm. the vibrant awesome mm-hmm. fun aspects of christianity mm-hmm. and catholic catholicism they're just like all they get to see is the absolutely brain-numbing <laughs> faith formation classes that they have yeah. to go to and so i've also seen like kids on confirmation retreats they go and they have an excellent like mm-hmm. an excellent retreat and they they're on fire they get lit up with the holy spirit mm-hmm. and they come back and within a week yeah. they're already like back to not yeah. caring about church and so, um, over the past, I think two years now, um, maybe two or three years, um, I kind of teamed up with my brother and my confirmation sponsor and made, uh, you know, making an idea of how we can make a community mm-hmm. online where kids come home from their confirmation mm-hmm. retreat and actually can continue that, mm-hmm. um, that style of, of thinking that style of, um, of just vibrant Catholic mm-hmm. living in their everyday life and actually just be reminded every single day that you don't have to be boring to be Catholic. And I think that's, it's amazing. Um, especially since I'm not, I'm not going to name any names. I know everybody's out there wanting Ethan to name names and you probably know what I'm talking about, but like I've seen (laughs) YouTube channels that are geared towards the youth that, um, they, they like do some numbers and, Uh And then they'll just like stick to whatever that, that kind of formula is. And, uh-huh. uh, it's, it's not, not that you always need to be on the current up and up thing in order to be mm-hmm. relevant per se, in order to properly, mm-hmm. um, kind of do what you're talking about. But I think it's so easy yeah. it, it, and I don't consider myself a content creator. I consider someone like you more of a content creator because you have, you're like, this is like your whole mm-hmm. thing is you're managing this across all these yeah. different areas. I just do a podcast once a week. Um, but like, it's so easy. I feel like to get in your own head and to get into, you know, uh, a certain mindset about like, well, this is what people need and this is what we make and, and sort of slowly over time lose kind of the, uh-huh. the missionary zeal or the missionary impulse because you're just so, fo- so focused on like making what you think you ought to make, you know? And so mm-hmm. I, you're obviously, you know, kind of at the, the start of this, um, you, you only have, mm-hmm. you know, five or six videos on the YouTube, um, Mm-hmm. what's kind of your, like, how do you have plan on, you know, continuing to, to stay on that track and continuing to inspire instead of just like, I don't know, turning into every other like Catholic channel for people, yeah. you know, <laughs> which I feel like it's just, it's almost yeah. a universal rule at this point that it's going to devolve into something mm-hmm. like, as you say, cringe. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's an excellent question. Thank you. I'm just, I'm very aware of the fact that pretty there's 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 a 95 percent chance that at the moment i turn let's say 35 mm-hmm. i need to pass this mission on to and a how old person. are you now 22, 22. Okay. um 
unless unless I plan and I haven't made this mm-hmm. decision yet and I'll have to make this decision at yeah. a certain point whether I want this mission to remain with Gen Z mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. it grows up mm-hmm. or if I want so this like, mission to stay with the 14 to 27 year old like yeah. um you know market yeah, demographic yeah, yeah. and so that's a decision I'll have to make at a mm-hmm. certain point um but I know if if we're going to be making content for mm-hmm. Gen Z and you're trying to be mm-hmm. relevant it has to be made by someone who fully understands that and it can't even be overseen mm-hmm. by someone mm-hmm. who doesn't mm-hmm. understand it and so um one of the reasons that I, I did quit my job at the parish was because i had this idea and i freaking mm-hmm. loved it and then at a certain point i realized they don't like i don't i don't think i could get anyone in the parish i don't think i could get anyone in the diocese mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe I could be wrong about this. I'm totally willing to be, you know, proven sure. wrong, hopefully at a certain point. But I, I felt like I, maybe I couldn't get somebody in the diocese 100% on board with the raw, unfiltered attitude that I wanted mm-hmm. to go into truth mm-hmm. charting with. And so, um, I kind of went out on a whim, honestly, I, I quit my full-time job Whoa. at the parish, um, and started doing full-time, um, freelance mm-hmm. filmmaking um and so that's what pays the bills right now as i build up sure. truth charting until the point where truth charting can actually sustain me um and so your original question is like how do i how do, how I do you not to, join to, the to graveyard not... of all the other catholic endeavors that mm-hmm. had the same idea as you right but ended up yeah uh, falling to the wayside yeah um i would say by like shoot this is uh, yeah maybe you don't know and that's fine you know it's it's, it's mm-hmm. still very new but i think it's it's worth yeah. you know like seeing the like kind of the angle that you're going at and maybe it's just because this is the yeah. first time i've seen a video who is someone who is about my age who's making something like you're doing basically what we did mm-hmm. when we started our podcast right that was like the whole point yeah is in 2016 the only podcast that mm-hmm. existed were either like priests or old married guys and there was nothing there was yeah. nothing that was made by people our age at that time. And mm-hmm. so that's why we started it. Um, and, and that's yeah. how we've been able to sustain it for so long. And so, um, that's why I think you're, you hit this I, unique I would, spot. Yeah. I, I would say I have a, now that I've thought about it for a second, I would say it's because like one of the missions of truth charting is for pretty much every video to be something that you've never seen in the Catholic. Sphere that's a good, before. that's really cool. And yeah. yeah. And so like, um, maybe you've seen like our, channel trailer basically at a certain point we want to get to the point where we're doing like a worship session in a hot air balloon or we're jumping out of the plane with father mm-hmm. mike mm-hmm. or like we're we're just doing insane things that people would have never yeah. seen um and i want to keep it that sure. way like i want i want to keep it to the point where like at some point we have to go to space <laughs> in order to top what we've done so far yeah and then yeah. we do yeah you know um yeah that's it's amazing um I want to I want to talk a little bit about your time in the parish. What do you mm-hmm. think is the reason you you alluded to the fact that kind of no one at the institutional level, the parish or the diocese, would be willing to hop on board with this idea mm-hmm. of um, you know doing things in the digital space for Catholicism that have never been done before and doing them in such a way that people are attracted. Um, you know, to the, to the, to the vibrancy of the faith, you know, kind of like a, mm-hmm. you know, Pier Giorgio type mm-hmm. vibes, you know, but in, instead yeah. of playing pool with the boys in the Italian uh, bars and challenging them to go to mass, you're jumping out of a plane with other Mike. Like why, mm-hmm. why do you think that at the parish level and the diocesan level, there's so much hesitancy to jump on board with something like this, even when it's very clear that nothing yeah. <laughs> at the parishes and the diocese <laughs> are doing is working. Like what, yeah. what's kind of your take on that? Um, I don't think every diocese is like this, but, um, I think it's a liability mindset Mm -hmm. instead of like an extrinsic Mm -hmm. outward evangelistic mindset. It's like, how can we cover our rear? Um, and that's, that's just how I felt. And thankfully, you know what, I've actually seen it in the diocese that I did work for. I've been seeing a a noticeable Mm -hmm. change, um, Mm -hmm. for the better. And I am happy and willing to be a part Mm -hmm. of that, um, and so, yeah, I, I'm just hoping to maintain a good relationship with them. But like, I think, I think in the past when I worked for them, the vibe I got was that 
we have to keep our heads down. Nobody get in trouble. Um, and yeah, it was like, instead of going outward, it was just like protecting mm-hmm. ourselves is defense instead of offense. And that is absolutely not your boy. hundred yeah. um, percent. Yeah. Are there, hmm, are there other groups that you think are doing kind of what needs to be done? Like, obviously you quit for a reason, right? Mm-hmm. Because they're mm-hmm. the, the, the role that you were in. And I really admire this. And I think more people should, should be willing to do this. It's like the role that you were in was not, was not effective in the, in the mission. Like it wasn't doing mm-hmm. what you thought it should be done. Like, do you see other people doing this? Did you get inspiration from anybody or um, do you kind of see yourself maybe as a trailblazer in that regard? Um, yeah, I would say the first person that like uh that really made me believe this was possible would be Matt mm. Frad um with Pints of Aquinas like and, and the reason that he was different was because he cussed on his on his mm. podcast and it was like the first time I heard someone who was willing to not give a crap about liability yeah. um for yeah. their image and even though yeah no cussing isn't the isn't great it's not sure. a good thing um, but like there was something about his raw authenticity and transparency that d- drew me to him. Um, and so I just started watching him and like being very inspired mm-hmm. by him. Um, and then I got introduced while I was working for the parish. There's a, another podcast that you, you definitely know of called catching oh, foxes. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. um, I listened to them a little bit and like, yeah, also, you know, pretty transparent, authentic dudes. Um, just talking about some difficulties within like living and working in the parish life. Um, and there was something about this raw, authentic, like, and, and none of these were diocesan affiliated mm-hmm. ministries. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and this is typically how it goes is like these, these non diocesan affiliated ministries will typically do a much better mm-hmm. job because they have the ability to mm-hmm. not have to be super liability yeah. like focus. Yeah. In a certain sense, I also totally understand why dioceses are the way mm-hmm. that they are you know, but, um, yeah. And so that's why I, I, I'm absolutely blessed that, you know what, like at a certain point I just realized this doesn't have to be done under the diocese. Like this doesn't have to be a diocesan project. And then at that moment I realized like, dude, I could just, yeah. I mean like I I can, I could gather a group of people to keep me accountable so that I don't, (laughs) I don't like, you know, ruin the face of Catholicism (laughs) and then just like, yeah, I could fly free without having to worry about, um, you know, making sure that it's approved by 15 layers sure. of the institution sure. before I go out. Yeah. yeah. Um, it, it's, it's, um, I, I do some moonlighting, uh, as a, as a diocesan podcaster every now and again, nice. um, my, my boss at my like job is, does the, the diocesan like podcast for young adults, basically like, and the other co-host is someone who actually works at the at the diocese, and so sometimes because my boss and I are connected through like our regular work, um, I get looped in on a show every now and again, and uh, you definitely have to pull back. You know, you really have to be like, okay, I gotta, mm-hmm. I need to think three times about everything that I'm about to say before I say it. Yeah, uh, and there's probably some some good and virtue in that, but a lot of times it's, mm-hmm. uh, I think it puts us in a box and it's it's hard to escape. Um, do you it's interesting to me that the specter of matt frad just kind of hangs over all sort of endeavors you know whether it's a podcast or (laughs) youtube do you think that's good or do you think that's bad because i think a lot of people have problems with famous online catholics uh and and we could talk about you know the taylor marshall influence and we can talk about the the church and stuff too and matt frad's clearly on the more orthodox side of all of that but how do you kind of think about all of that stuff well, I'm I'm much more willing to trust someone who you can just kind of tell doesn't want to be famous, sure. but is doing it because the Lord wants sure. him to. Like I, I just get that vibe from him. Yeah. Like especially now in, in more recent years, you can just kind of tell when you watch his his podcast that he's and he said it. He said it. He was like, I would be perfectly happy just <laughs> like totally just like leaving this if God wanted me to, and just like going off and never being on camera again. Um. And 
that's yeah like the fact that he's totally what what seems like uninterested in the fame um yeah it definitely builds trust i would say um it, it I, I will say it is kind of like it, in some ways it does kind of feel like amongst my age group anyways he is like the pope of private ministries yeah, um. yeah that's a really good way to say it and that i think yeah to me that's i i like matt frad i i listen to his show a lot um but that's it's kind of an odd position to be in you know as mm-hmm. like a lay person to wield that much perceived spiritual authority you know yeah yeah I, I just trust him so much to to call himself out if he finds himself wrong mm-hmm. though. It's true. Um I just I sense a little like I sense very little pride in him, mm-hmm. I guess. And so there's yeah. I, I could be wrong, but I just like oh he just seems so authentic and willing to admit when mm-hmm. he's wrong. Mm-hmm. Um and that's definitely something that that just builds a lot of trust and, and and I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing. I think we need leaders um, and we need more people like him. Mm-hmm. And right now there's, you know, there's a few like him, yeah. um, but he's definitely the most like prominent amongst our age group right now, I yeah. would say. And that's definitely not a bad thing. No, no, it's, it's not a bad thing. But... If it was Dr. If it was Dr. Taylor Marshall though, like, you know, then I would say, Oh, I, I would find that a problem sure. if, the, if, because, and so maybe it's just because I agree with Matt right. Fred that I say yeah. that. Yeah, we wouldn't um, want Taylor Marshall influencing people. Um, right. <laughs> the fact is, is he <laughs> many, many people. Um, maybe yeah. potentially more than Matt Fred does. Uh, and so huh. it's that's a it's it's then becomes like a hard game to, to just point out. Mm-hmm. But if you just look at the shift over the last ten years, uh, in how just how Americans and and especially young people like form their opinions about things. Like it doesn't even need to be about religion or spirituality in particular uh, has completely changed. You know, like a lot of people out there have the opinions that they have about politics or about the government or about the coronavirus or about whatever, because they listen to the Joseph Rogan podcast, you know? And like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's, that's Mm -hmm. why they believe what they believe or they listen to Benjamin Shapiro or they listen to, um, (laughs) I don't, I don't know of any other like far left equivalent of, mm-hmm. of these people, but, um, yeah. it, so it, it seems as if this kind of stuff, like the world has kind of been there and then, you know, Catholics are always kind of the last ones to the, to the party, you know, it's like the world mm-hmm. and then the trendy Protestants and then the not as trendy Protestants and then the Catholics. And then probably after that, the Anglicans, this <laughs> is like, they're the last place. Um, <laughs> And the Orthodox never, never try because they don't need to catch up because they're, they're doing their own thing. Um, but it's a, it's a, over the next probably five to 10 years, I think Matt Fred esque positions, and I don't even know what to call them are going to become more prominent and more, uh, important because that's how people, cause there, cause there's going to be fewer priests, right? There's going to be. Like churches are going to shut down, parishes are going to shut down. They're going to be consolidated. It's already Patrick lives in Pittsburgh, and that's already happening in Pittsburgh. Um, yeah. So, do you see yourself kind of as a part of that that movement of people to like kind of join the ranks of Matt Fred esque folks with like what you're trying to do? Is that maybe a goal of yours? Do you do you see other people doing it? Um, how do you you know what what do you think about all of that? Um, I think I I. I uh... I would never consider myself someone worthy of doing formation sure. um, or doing a lot of formation, like being a former because mm-hmm. um, I'm not that smart, but I, I, f- I do as much as mm-hmm. I can like s- studying and things like yeah. that. But I, I could never make it a podcast on Aquinas sure, or anything like sure. that because like, I just like my focus is inspiration. Mm-hmm. My focus mm-hmm. is excitement. Mm-hmm. My focus is, um, is motivation. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and my focus is art right. as well. And so, like, as far as being a someone on the forefront of formation, mm-hmm. I, I would say that's probably not something that I would be able to do unless God calls me sure. to it um, at a certain point. But, but we, but we yeah, need I mean, things other than just formation, you know? 100%. Like, we, we, I think you're absolutely right. It's like there is a place for people to be 
inspiring and like I I have a picture right above my laptop. I have a picture of John Paul II is like right in my face. So I'm just looking at him, looking at him all the time. But uh, like, yes, he had deep spiritual knowledge and deep intellectual knowledge and he did Mm -hmm. form people intellectually with the theology of the body and, Mm -hmm. and all of his homilies and stuff. But like generally he was just kind of an image of inspiration. You know, he was just kind of a person that we could look to and be like, man, that guy's living it, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, And perhaps that's why we have so many like um, boomers nowadays that will tell you stories of how like they hated being Catholic growing up because the nun was constantly mm -hmm. like slapping their hands and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. Um, It's because they had, maybe they had the formation, but they didn't have, (laughs) they didn't have like the, the engagement, the, the lifestyle, the vibrance that John Paul II really promoted. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Uh, Do you think, I, I've said on this podcast many times that like, I think there's a limit. There's a there is a, a ceiling, and it's not a glass ceiling. Like there is a ceiling mm-hmm. to how much inspiring and formation and things can happen through the through like a screen, through a through a YouTube or oh, through yeah. a, a podcast. And I'm not yeah. denying that there can be that those things, but I think there is a ceiling. How high do you think that ceiling? is because you probably think it's higher than I do. <laughs> and I, mm-hmm. I probably will argue with you a little bit on it, but um, yeah. what, so it's, I think you're correct, but can we really replace generations of parents yeah. being negligent and teaching the faith to their children with a YouTube, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. My, uh, yeah. I, I agree with you. There 100% is a ceiling and I've actually implemented that into my, my, my business. Plan. Oh, good. <laughs> um, and that is, that is that is you can to rent like, me to be your right? dad for a weekend if you like my videos <laughs> enough, and I'll come to your house <laughs> and I will uh, take you to church. <laughs> yeah, if you need uh, more dads, let me know. Me and Patrick will will sign up and we'll, we'll yeah. Be around that would the be a great business plan. Uh, rent a rent a good yeah. dad, rent a wholesome yeah. guy. Um, yeah. So like, what I want to do is is honestly like I want to make sure that after each video, there's a palpable invitation for people to enter into a real life Catholic mm-hmm. adventure. Um, and so I've created a uh, what's called the truth charting mm-hmm. map, and it's in the very early stages. There's maybe only ten. Yeah, I've looked uh, at it. Pretty East Coast it. heavy. Uh, yeah. Not a lot. <laughs> Can you tell where yeah, I'm from? Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, and so just over the next few years, that'll be populated, and hopefully, you know, the goal is that, like, a kid comes home from a confirmation retreat, watches a video, it's like, maybe it's a little bit inspiring, mm-hmm. and he's like, yeah, okay, I could I could get down mm-hmm. on that, and then he clicks the link in the description, and then, like, he's immediately shown a, a vibrant community near him that he could go and join. Um, now, your question was, how high do I think the ceiling yeah. is? I'm gonna, I'm gonna get a little vulnerable with that because there was a moment um vulnerable is good probably that's what we like two years ago okay. i was watching a talk by father matthias Thelen. okay um, i haven't I heard of this he's guy. from the diocese of lansing okay. um and he, he was given a talk on identity mm-hmm. and dude like i was just watching a video on my iphone in my bedroom and like you know Perhaps events in my life were also playing into this moment, yeah. but like weeped, like just weeping. Mm. Um, a true, like true, inspiring moment happened in uh, in my life. It's something I remember as you know one of many turning points. And it's like, it yeah, like I was I was weeping, kneeling down in my bedroom because I was watching a video on my mm-hmm. iPhone. And so it also depends on what type of person you are. Sure, as you can probably tell, I'm like. I'm pretty artistic. I'm like a, I'm a pretty creative dude. I'm definitely more emotional than than an intellectual mm-hmm. person mm-hmm. would be. And so, um, you know, I'm definitely more what is it susceptible to that type of stuff. Um, but I, yeah, I do think that the ceiling is is a little high. Um, it can definitely move people. And also, like if you just scroll through like the comment section of Pints with Aquinas. Mm-hmm. Like it feels like it's just full of people who are saying they're reconverting to Catholicism because of his videos. Yeah, um, but I also feel like that's there's a little bit of that. That's like if I post this, I'll get a ton of likes. You know, it's like one of those things where it's mm. like, hey, not saying that all of them are like that, but like I've posted uh-huh. lots of times things like I'm gonna start uh, reading the Bible every day. You know, mm. I'm gonna work mm. out and like, and you yeah. get the the affirmation from it. 
And so yeah. I, I don't want to be suspicious per se, but there's part of me that's just like, well, I've done stuff like that before and not actually been doing it, <laughs> you know? Mm. So I just, but that's I wonder, really I wonder what the percentage is of like how much of that is legit and how much of that is people being online and just being online. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a really good I point. Yeah. I'm, I'm not, not to, not to, to kill the, the Matt Frad love, <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's something we have to use. We have to temper our expectations. Like, until yeah. you really know someone, um, like people can just leave comments on a video or on a podcast and just say like, yeah, this was really great. I really feel more energized in my faith. And we can be like, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, I'm just thinking of my own life. How many times I've said that after I listen to a talk or go to a conference or something. And then two months mm-hmm. later, I'm back to the, I'm back to doing what I was doing before. And so yeah. I, I wonder if like people like you and I, when we see these things, we think that we're doing more than we actually are, which is not to say that we shouldn't do them, but I think it's a good, it's mm. like a, I'm just thinking of this now. This is all off the dome. This is not, Ethan has yeah. brought these preconceived notions to this podcast. I'm just trying <laughs> to have a conversation with my friend, John. Um, uh, I think that's a good examination of conscience for us to be like, okay, hmm. Yeah. Like tempering the expectations in the business model, tempering the expectations of, of what I'm actually doing, because I would much rather, and this is my disposition, I would much rather be like delighted when I get to heaven of like how much good mm-hmm. I actually did that I didn't know that I was doing than think I was doing mm-hmm. all this good and then be Ooh. drastically disappointed when it realizes it was Ooh. all a waste of time. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Dang. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> that's a, yeah. That's so yeah. true. Oh, man. Hmm. Wow. Hey, thank you for listening to this episode of The Crunch. Sorry to interrupt what I'm sure is a stimulating intellectual conversation, but I wanted to pause the episode real quick to let you hear from some of our sponsors. We will be back right after this. Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Convert your current recessed lighting with energy-saving LED downlights from Fight Electric. They're bright and install easily in just minutes. They also go from regular lighting to nightlight mode with just a simple flip of a switch. Save big on all Fight Lighting products now at Menards. Shop our lighting options today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. Yeah, but I mean, and de- definitely that's something I need to hear. Sure. Um, I I'm mean, not trying I to feel blast like past- you. I hope you know this. Like, I, I'm totally no, just like. But it's it's so good out. to hear that. Yeah. I will say, I feel like I've been since January. I've just been listening to hardcore EDM music every oh, morning as soon as I you wake and up, both, man. and just just going as like as motivated as I possibly can, mm-hmm. and just like thinking of the absolute most, mm-hmm. like thinking of the absolute most people that we yes. try to bring to christ and yeah. thinking about like that and wow I, th- I think that's good because you know if you aim for the sky maybe you'll get if you aim for the sky and you get 100 feet sure. up that's better than if like if you aim for 100 feet land among the stars <laughs> <laughs> yes but you're right you're right 100 yeah. percent. yeah so yeah tell me more about that so you wake up in the morning and you're and you're mm. blasting edm and you're thinking like, is your thought process like, how can I reach the most people with like the gospel today through my thing? Or like, what, what is your mindset that it's like keeping you, you motivated? Cause I think that's very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause it's yeah. hard to build a YouTube from the ground up. It's hard to build a whole yeah. brand because there's, there's 10 billion million things out there. And also nobody cares about God. So like you're do it's like doubly yeah. hard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, right now, I would say what I, I one of my oh man, yeah, one of my main goals is right now entertainment, mm-hmm. and so the focus in the first few months is to gain an audience, and so um, people will click on a video because they'll they find they will they think they will find it entertaining. Mm-hmm. They think that they will learn something or um, or they think it's going to benefit them some way or something like or that. Or they've already um, watched 48 that morning and they might as well just watch 49. Yeah. Uh, nothing really stops. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so currently, um, I, I would say that like truth charting 
is definitely aiming for that first one. We we aim to entertain uh, first, and then hopefully we can introduce um, them to the other the other folks who are already doing an excellent job of formation on the internet. Mm-hmm. Um, so a handoff in a certain sense, um, kind of like a gateway. Yeah, a gateway drug to Catholicism mm-hmm. is is a way that wow. some might refer to it as. Um, hey guys, what's up? I'm the marijuana of online <laughs> Catholic YouTube channels. <laughs> Check me out. <laughs> you can take that. That's that's free. You don't even. Yeah, need to, actually, yeah. I probably you will. Uh, you yeah. Hmm. Man. Hmm. It's it's a it's a tough balance because I want more people to listen to my podcast because I just do. Mm-hmm. I think because I really believe that Patrick and I have really good conversations that benefit people yeah you absolutely do thank you and and so i don't think it's 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 a it's a tough Mm. tough line to walk right because it's all these things are super tied together and more so for you because you've really Mm -hmm. taken taken the step out and you're trying to make this your your livelihood Uh, for myself and patrick this is purely supplemental and we're trying to make it Mm -hmm. uh more of a serious and legit operation even though we've been doing it for six years so we probably should have that figured out by now but whatever um Mm -hmm the line to walk between, okay, I want more people to listen because I think we have good conversations. And also I want more people to give us money on Patreon because I want to put mm-hmm. more money back into the show to keep making it better and eventually make it mm-hmm. something that's, that's really sustainable for me to spend, you know, five to 10 hours a week on, right. And make it worth my time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause if I'm going to do this, it t- it's going to take time away from work. It's going to take time away from other things. Um, but then you get into the whole, like, we we talk about this a lot on our show, just how Jesus was really uninterested in any kind of like numeric, numerical success. You know, like mm. he he was totally like leave the ninety nine for the one. Like I don't I don't care what happens to the other ninety nine because I got to find the one that's gone. It's like mm-hmm. by a, all the businesses, is what which shepherd among you would leave your ninety nine? It's like me. I would not leave the ninety nine. Like I <laughs> I Ethan would in fact stay with the majority of my flock. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. and so just wrestling with that those two things um it, it's a yeah. it's a challenge. That's that's the challenge of private ministry work mm-hmm. all the time at every moment, which is what is the balance between how much of a business is this yeah. and how much of a ministry is this? Yeah. And that's something that I will have to wrestle with in the future. But uh, currently, thankfully, you know, perhaps it's a blessing I don't have to wrestle with right now because I barely make $100 <laughs> a month true. off of right. it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it is something that right now my current, like, yeah, my current mindset, and perhaps this is incorrect of me, you know, perhaps this is wrong of me, um, is like I do think that numeric success is good mm-hmm. um i think that like i've been blessed by wealthy catholics mm-hmm. who have like sponsored um things that i've done cool. uh cathedrals have been built because wealthy catholics existed um ministries exist because wealthy people are able to support oh, them yeah. um what I would love for truth charting to become is a successful Catholic business that supports an underlying ministry, which is almost a separate entity of it. Mm-hmm. And so truth charting becomes, you know, let's say number one Gen Z merchandise Catholic brand. And so like we just sell a bunch of merchandise to Gen Z Catholics. Let's say we become the, yeah, the number one Catholic seller for Gen Z. Um, Let's say we're bringing in millions of dollars a year, oh and then hopefully, like, and this is like this is the point, like, where you have to make sure that nobody in there is possessed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you have to make sure that nobody in there uh, loses the mindset of like mm-hmm. ministry, yeah. and that all of this money, like all all profit, gets pushed down to the ministry, mm-hmm. so that kids who don't have the hundred dollars to go to alive in you can go to alive in you or like kids who is. don't have the hundred dollars oh it's a it's like a retreat oh, okay. um it. thank you or yeah the kids who don't have the 90 bucks to go to steubenville right, can yeah, actually go um and so like that's that's kind of my goal is like successful catholic 
businesses are an incredible thing mm -hmm. because they are able to support more mm -hmm. uh, Catholic ministries. Um, yeah. You know, there are there's a very successful Catholic production company. There's two successful Catholic production companies that support my life as a freelance filmmaker. Mm -hmm. um, and so because they're successful making a bunch of money every year, they're able to support me as a freelance Catholic filmmaker so that I can spend three weeks out of my month working on truth charting. Mm -hmm. Like that's yeah. That's so, cool. so like successful Catholic businesses are something that I find incredibly good. I see the good that come from them. However, I, I definitely do, even though like I'm fully aware of the point um, that at a certain point in my life, uh, I will have to like choose ministry over money. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, as I said earlier, I make almost none now. So praise God, that's not <laughs> that's not something I wrestle with right now. <laughs> but yeah, um, it's just. Yeah, it's, it's one another one of those things where the Catholics are way too far behind the rest of the culture, right? Like Protestants figured this out a long time ago that they can leverage their successful yeah. businesses to, to benefit the ministry yeah. of their churches. And not to say that there aren't wealthy Catholics that are doing that, but not in the, in the same way that it's happening in, in the Protestant circles in America yeah. where it's like this business is directly tied to this particular work. And like, that is the driving vision. Whereas I feel like, a lot of times in the in the Catholic circles, it's well, I have this much left over, or I can I can give up this much, and and I can put it that way, um, and and maybe I'm just not seeing. I I totally would admit that I would have some blind spots in that area, but um, it, it, it's I think there are people like my boss is one of them, right? Who are coming up and starting their own businesses and have this desire for, like we we are missionaries, and sometimes we do real estate. You know, like we are, mm -hmm. we are missionaries and sometimes we we're bankers, we're missionaries and sometimes we're, we're uh, software salespeople, you know, like yeah. that, that is, I think going to be the way that we regain the lost ground and just are able to, um, continue to, to do whatever it is that we do, uh, it, it whatever America looks like in the next 10, 20, 30, 40 years, that's going to have to be a backbone of it. Cause we're not going to have like we were saying earlier, we're not going to have wealthy parishes or wealthy dioceses mm -hmm. to, to fund anything. And so it's going to have to come mm -hmm. from somewhere else. Yeah. And so it's just going to be the things that business people care about are, are, are going to yeah. get funded. And, and I think there's lots of business people like yourself, right? Like you want to start this merchandising company that's super legit and makes all this money so mm -hmm. that you can be a missionary to, to Gen Z. Mm -hmm. That's amazing, mm -hmm. right? Like not everybody wants to do that, right? My, my boss wants to be a missionary to missionaries. Like he wants to help former missionaries out of life teen and SPO and focus find employment and then be missionaries in different business places, oh, you know, nice. Which is awesome. That's right. Cool. Super cool. Yeah. And, and so everyone's going to have their own kind of invitation, but I think the real challenge is going to be, can we integrate, you know, all of that mm -hmm. stuff? It's, yeah. And you know, perhaps, perhaps like I'm 100% wrong. And at a certain point, you know, Pope Benedict's, prophecy comes true and like we all just go underground and like we have no money and catholicism is like <laughs> you know basically just dropped down to like great. a couple thousand people yeah. um you know maybe that happens maybe. and if it does whatever praise god like um mm -hmm. yeah but like right now i would say yeah that's that's super cool um that that story that you said about your uh boss i guess who's a, a, wants to be a missionary to missionaries mm -hmm. Um, that's super cool. That's, that's an incredible, um, idea. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. It's, it's really important, yeah. especially since we're just seeing what we're seeing yeah. is there's people who are getting formed by mm -hmm. their colleges, by missionary organizations, by volunteering, mm -hmm. they're getting formed and then they're going out into the world and then there's no, there's no missionary community anywhere. Right. And so you're just yeah. getting stuck. And, yeah. and like you have all this formation, but you don't have a community. And I think this is a Sherry Waddell thing. I don't know. I don't know where it comes from, but um, the determining factor in whether or not you are currently evangelizing has nothing to do with your past experience as an evangelist or your past experience being formed. It's are you currently a part of an evangelizing community? That's like the number Ooh. one factor, right? Ooh. And so yeah. it's you're you're exactly right. And what you're trying to do is like, man, we have to. 
we have to build up a community of people who are all doing this thing. Cause if it's just John doing truth charting, if it's just Ethan mm-hmm. doing the crunch or whatever, if it's just mm-hmm. James, my boss running his company and like, we're not mm-hmm. surrounding ourselves with other people, then it's just, it's chaos. Yeah. You know? So man, that's so true. Yeah. And that's, that's been something that's been truly very difficult um, for really? me in Orlando. Yeah. Specifically. Hmm. Um, however, yeah, I, I would just say like, especially because I didn't go to college. Mm-hmm. There's there's the kicker is that I didn't go to any sort of college that had like this vibrant Catholic ministry. Yeah. Um, now UCF, which is really near me, does have a vibrant Catholic ministry, and I absolutely love them. Mm-hmm. And I try to, I try to be involved with them yeah. as much as I am able to. Um, it's hard when you're not a student. It is. Yeah. It's 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 super difficult, mm-hmm. but. You know what's what's super funny is like I've just been seeing that that ministry um, at at the at UCF is like being a, a pretty big part in why the Orlando young adult community is about to blow up. Hundred percent. Like hundred percent. Yeah. Like this this community of vibrant Catholics at UCF, um, which is. Like I've lived in Orlando my entire life and I've seen nothing like that in Orlando. Mm-hmm. I've seen it in Ohio. I've seen it at, in, um, you know, at, at retreats. Mm-hmm. I've seen it other places, mm-hmm. but I've never seen that in Orlando until I went in 2018. Whoa. And then, um, it's incredible because like this ministry that's at UCF, it, it appears as though like they're just so vibrant and exploding mm-hmm. that they're starting to actually like, um, build up the diocesan young adult community yeah. and just the diocesan community, like the diocesan vibrance leather level. Mm-hmm. If there was like a, a meter that had like your diocesan vibrance, a vibrometer. Like, yeah. A vibrometer, if you will, <laughs> like it's going up because mm-hmm. of CCM at UCF. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's one thing that I'm just incredibly excited to be a part of yeah. in the next few years. Um, yeah. But thankfully, it appears as though that problem that I was experiencing before of not having any sort of young adult community mm-hmm. here in, um, in Orlando is, is going to change soon. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, there's uh, something different about the, the Catholics that are coming up now um, mm-hmm. because even the people who maybe don't have the formation or the experience, like they know, they know that they, that what they believe is like, it's hard to ignore the, the counterculturalism of Catholicism mm-hmm. uh, and how the lines are being drawn in the sand. Oh yeah. So, so deeply like, and even just in the past couple of days, you've seen all this stuff on the news about the Roe v. Wade. It's oh, like yeah. people saying things like as a Catholic, I think it's like, and then they say something that's totally wrong about abortion. <laughs> and it's like, and more and more Catholics are being aware that like, that's, they can't actually say that. Right. Like that's not yeah. right. More yeah. people are, or there's a collective consciousness among Orthodox mm-hmm. Catholics, people who really believe in Jesus, who really have a relationship with him, that they can't just they can't just be t- taken away with the with the current. You know, they have to mm-hmm. they have to stand somewhere. And not everybody is like a boulder in the stream. Some people are just hanging on to the boulders. Some people are just, you know, smaller rocks. But like they know that they can't just they just can't keep going. And so um, mm-hmm. I think that's you, yeah. you've articulated something extremely true, which is that the it might be smaller, it might be pure. I don't know how true Benedict's. Uh, prophecy is going to become but mm-hmm. the the cultural reality that we're seeing is people who are coming out of who have come out of college in the last five to ten years um, are taking this a lot more seriously and yeah. are, are really trying to do something with what they have instead of just yeah. uh you know letting themselves yeah. be just american consumers yeah it feels like that quote by c.s lewis is actually starting to be like understood by by this age group mm-hmm. um which is like uh, Christianity is either of infinite importance mm-hmm. or it's just fake and of no importance. But one thing it cannot be is moderately important. Yeah. Um, that's a paraphrase. But yeah. Yeah. there's another quote that I'm thinking of John Sr. You heard of this guy, John Sr.? No. Oh, so you got you to know about John Sr. He wrote a couple of books, The Death of Christian Culture and the Restoration of Christian Culture. He was a professor at mm-hmm. KU in the 70s um, and taught humanities. It was called the Integrated Humanities Program. And he basically taught people how to ballroom dance. He taught people, they like went out and stargazed. They read the classics. They, they wrote their own poetry. He wasn't 
actively evangelizing, but like 200 people converted to Catholicism because of his course. He got fired. Praise right? God. Um, yeah. Two of those people in that course were Archbishop uh, Paul Coakley, who's Archbishop of Oklahoma City. Another one was uh, Archbishop, I think he's Archbishop. He might just be Bishop Conley at, at Lincoln. Um, like there, it was a big, big deal. So this guy, John Sr., he has this quote, and I'm, I'm going to paraphrase it well, but one of my best friends just wrote it, sent it to me in a letter that he wrote me. Um, but it's, it's like a lot of times we think that the solution to the problem as Christians is to kind of man up and, and stare the world in the face and like confront it right with, with the truths of Christianity. He said, actually, it's quite the opposite. We need to stare the truths of Christianity in the face. And like, that's what we need to do. Um, and mm-hmm. so it's like the, the deep reality of the incarnation, the deep reality of the passion and the resurrection. Like those are going to be the things that transform us and help us, you know, make it through this next stuff and i think people are really experiencing that and i think for a long time before it was it was good it's good to stare the truths of the world in the face and be like no this is wrong or this is right or whatever mm-hmm. and like we're gonna oppose this as christians but it's even better to look at the cross and be like okay that's what i'm looking yeah. at you know and so um, yeah i i, I did want to talk to you as well about uh about gen z uh, yes. because uh, the, the kids are not all right as they say mm-hmm. um <laughs> Uh, it's it's interesting because never before have we been able to get such a consciousness of an entire generation, you know, packaged and, and I can just look at it on, on my computer. You know, you couldn't have mm-hmm. that with, you'd have to read yeah. dozens and dozens of letters and books and all these things to get that yeah. from any other generation. Right. And like you're, we get it unfiltered constant stream all yeah. the time from, from Gen Z. And so mm-hmm. um, you are, you have to know them well, right. If you're going to evangelize to them well. Um, yeah. So, what is like, what is the spirit of Gen Z? Help, help yeah. people who might not understand it, who see like them doing their weird dances or their TikTok trends or whatever, and just write them off. Like help people understand what's really going on uh, with that generation. I'm right on the cusp. I was, I'm 25. So I'm, I was born in 96. Mm-hmm. So like, I'm, I'm like right between millennial and Gen Z. So I don't really feel like I belong to either of them. You know, mm-hmm. like I, I grew up with a VHS, but then that quickly went away. And then I had a DVD and like, iPhones came out when I was in middle school, you know, so like mm-hmm. I had a little bit of the before and a lot of the after. Um, mm-hmm. But like I'm not like a millennial where I had a lot of the before, like I'm not a 90s kid, you know, so mm-hmm. um, yeah. I'm I'm also just interested so, in this question, too, that like yeah. I want to know what your thoughts are. Man, me too. <laughs> Gen Z is incredible. <laughs> like it is it is just so fascinating. Yeah. Um, I am, I am, I am a part of it Yes, and I am still absolutely confused by it. Mm -hmm. Um, man, I I would say the most like defining factor of Gen Z is that they live in a different place than all the other generations had Mm -hmm. in the past. And that place is like the internet is, is no longer just a tool that people use. The internet is a continent on which people live Mm -hmm. and that is Gen Z. Mm -hmm. Um, and so they're the most connected generation, and yet I would I don't know I would say my general my general observations have been that Gen Z on whichever side tend to be more extreme than millennials, mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. while millennials could be moderate. Gen Z tends to be more extreme. Sure. Um, and so, as far as like trying to encapsulate the spirit of Gen Z, that's not a, that's not a question I'm prepared to answer. Actually, unfortunately, that's all right. Um, yeah, I probably should be you should. prepared to answer that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because I just yeah. don't. I mean, my my brothers, my two younger brothers, are a part of it. Uh, mm-hmm. And so I kind of get some glimpses, but it's like, it's hard to separate it because they're like my brothers, you know, and they're like, yeah. I like know them as they are, yeah. you know? And so uh, mm-hmm. it's, it seems as if there's um, even among like right, left, Christian, not Christian. It seems like there is more of a, an empathy to Gen Z. Like they, mm-hmm. they, they, they understand um, like the reason that they, maybe are the way that they are is that they've, they have grown Mm -hmm. up being exposed to perspectives and worldviews from all over the the country 
from all mm-hmm. over the world, from multiple different religions and philosophies, uh, whereas every generation in the past was just, you know, what mm-hmm. was in your local community? What was your family like? Um, and so, yeah, the digital continent is like, that's where they all live, but they're also experiencing everybody else from all time, you know, simultaneously. And so I think, uh, and I think a lot of their empathy is misplaced in, in the wrong ways, certainly. Like it, it does go a bit too far um, in some areas and excusing things that ought not to be excused. Um, but but I, but I think it also gives them just a bit of like a, a carefree, like uh, maybe not carefree, I don't know, like it's free spirit kind of thing. Yeah. And, but it's, it's, it's more real than <clears throat> like the free spiritedness of the 80s because the free spiritedness of the 80s was like, everybody's everybody's good we're all middle class you know i'm gonna go get a diet coke down at the store and i'm gonna wear wear nikes and it's gonna be fun and like we're all gonna Mm -hmm. we're all gonna go drink at college (laughs) you know it's Mm -hmm. like yeah but everybody did that you know so it's like with gen z it seems like there's a real willingness to just like i'm gonna do whatever and i don't i actually don't care what anybody else thinks Mm -hmm. but then combine that with the crippling anxiety that they all experience yeah that they're that they're not maybe not doing enough or maybe they're expressing themselves in the wrong way so it's like they're going further than anybody else ever gone but they're also more worried about where they're going than anybody else has ever been and so i think it like puts them in this really weird spot you know yeah absolutely yeah i feel like i'm very familiar with the behaviors of gen z Mm -hmm. but i just like for some reason i can't put into words it's tricky no it's tricky it's and it's like your own people like you'd be you're talking about yourself Mm -hmm. you know yeah um yeah i did watch um i took a a class mm-hmm. or was it a, it was like a course on revive um by katie Prejean, i think oh yeah and basically it was like all of the generations it was it was market research on all mm-hmm. of christian mm-hmm. generations mm-hmm. and it was it was actually very good hmm. um she mentioned uh gen z being very like tactile um Interesting. And the fact that they are like ready to um just like do like they're they're ready to create they're ready to like Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. yeah they're just very man yeah very ready to do yeah um to act um they they do not seem to be uh complacent Mm -hmm. or or stagnant Mm -hmm. they seem ready to do to to create and to um to just like yeah just express themselves in any form that they can possibly do it interesting i like that a lot um yeah I, yeah and i i think it, it's hard these are because at any point you could i mean maybe in two months you know the style of youtube is going to change and like your your videos are going to look antiquated you know yeah so i think it's it's a, there's a fickleness as well and yeah. like a, a rapid pace that that is unmatched by like people there's no way mash would last for 20 seasons today or however long mash lasted i don't don't remember Uh, yeah like there's no way that would happen because people just change their like already like the new stranger things is coming out and people are like yeah i don't really care about stranger things so it's like that was the biggest the biggest thing in the world in 2015 and it's just a a couple years later and everybody who was all into it is like ah not really Mm -hmm. you know like tastes and and opinions and uh, preferences change so quickly um so how how do you think the best way to kind of stay engaged with your audience without kind of losing your your soul and losing who john is you know Mm -hmm. for the sake of because in order to be creative you really have to be like it has to kind of consume you like you kind of have to be a part of yourself goes into those videos like so how do you kind of plan on not not being sucked in to the to the taste changing uh but Mm -hmm. still stay stay in the stream of consciousness there yeah um one thing i've realized is that like making sure that I'm up on the trends, making sure that I'm aware of like, of the taste of the generation is such a friggin' cross. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. Dude, I don't want to have Instagram on my phone. Yeah. I don't really want to have TikTok on my phone, yeah. uh, but because this is the mission that I believe God wants me on, mm-hmm. I do have it on my phone mm-hmm. because I, I need to, I need to make sure that I I'm aware of of what's going on what the trends are Mm -hmm. and like and how to apply Mm -hmm. christ to that Mm -hmm. and um it dude it leads me in a lot of like iffy ways um and i think the main reason for that is because 
I am, I feel like I'm, I'm a loner mm-hmm. in a continent. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm going to like, for instance, the apostles were sent out two by two. Yeah. Like that's, that's what I need right now. That's what I'm searching for is like, um, like s- some people who can, mm-hmm. who can navigate this with me mm-hmm. because, um, man, it is iffy. Like it is, yeah. it is dangerous yeah. to be on social media. Um, it is, it is tempting to be on social media. Mm-hmm. It sucks. Yeah. Um, and yet that is the continent that, that I feel called to be a missionary in. Sure. And so my current cross right now is finding that, that partnership, that brotherhood, um, that is needed mm-hmm. to, to help me like mm-hmm. navigate this, this place. Um, yeah. What was your original question again? No, you answered it. You answered it. It was okay. just like, how are you going to, how are you going to yeah. stick to it? Uh, yeah. It, so you you'd like to have a partner on your like in in the truth charting thing like you want to do it with someone yeah 100 percent. i definitely have some partnerships already okay um but like as far as that that person that's going to navigate this like this with me i have a business partner okay um but like who's going to navigate this mission with me is what i'm is what i'm really trying to find right now yeah yeah uh you gotta get a wife you know that's yeah (laughs) honestly yeah. Uh, applications open yes. truthcharting.com slash wife uh. you guys can't see this maybe you'll you'll see it on the truth charting uh, YouTube but John's a very good looking guy he's got a good smile he's a great he's fun to talk to you know just <laughs> we have a lot of women I'll tell you this we have a lot of women writing into our Dr. Ethan's dating corner segment who Ooh. ask us questions they're like I can't find a good Catholic guy move to Orlando clearly mm. that's the that's the solution right sounds like it's booming <laughs> Um, yeah, we're, we're wrapping up or we're close to, to about an hour. Um, and I've, I have a meeting that I got to get to, so I'm, we can, we can begin to to close, but is there anything else that you kind of want to just like share or, or think is important to, to tell people about you or what you're doing or what you think is important? Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Just thank you for having me. Uh, first and foremost, uh, this has been a blast. Um, yeah. If you guys want to check out truth charting, uh, like Ethan said earlier in the, in the podcast, truthcharting.com is where you'll find all their stuff. Um, as far as what we do, we try to make the most bonkers content that you've ever seen in, in the Catholic sphere. Um, and so yeah. some things that we've done in the past are um, we've bought a bunch of billboards and put JP2 on It's It was a really good video. I'll put, Regan, put it in the description. Put the link to that one in the description. Thank you. And then um, one thing that we just did on – we just filmed this on Saturday, hoping to release it later this month. Like I got some of my friends together. Um, they were willing to go out to this, these caves. Mm-hmm. Um, my friends and I usually play uh, worship music for our youth group. And so we lugged a, like a keyboard, went mm-hmm. on like a mile hike, mm-hmm. and then we found these caves uh, set up shop and then just filmed a, a worship session. And some people like were passing by. They sat down. They worshiped with us. This other girl came down and sang with us. It was like it was a beautiful moment. Nice. Um, and so we just, yeah, we just try to get it out of, out of our comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Um, if you've heard of Yes Theory, yeah, that's like a YouTube channel. Think Catholic Yes Theory. Mm. That's the goal. Nice. Um, so that's what truth charting is. If you guys are interested, check that out. Truthcharting.com. If I can make a suggestion, um, I think yes, theory is great. They're a little, you know, they're a little milk toast, you know, it's just like, seems very corporate, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. A little bit at times. Yeah. I, what I, I would really love if I had infinite time, right. And mm-hmm. someone threw a bunch of money at me, I would try to yeah. make some kind of like Nakey Jakey esque, like mm. Catholic videos. <laughs> Dude. You know, I can do that. <laughs> I think I was going to say, like, if you could make something like that and maybe not the exercise ball per se, but like something yeah. where, cause I think your style was, is very similar to his style. Um, yeah. but like kind of a, more of a deep dive. And I'm just imagining like yeah. ancient pictures of, of popes and like, you're telling stories about, I don't know, the Heck cool yeah. things that have happened in the history of the Catholicism, like Dude. basically doing the history of the reformation in the style of Nakey Jakey. Like if I had, yes. if I had an infinite money, that's what I would do. That's what I would make. So Dude. that would be sweet. I think um, side talk and mm-hmm. uh, kind of channel five um, used to be all gas, no breaks, like those kinds of things. Yeah. The, that kind oh of stuff. Oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> if you can, if you can get into those kinds of worlds, I think there's a, a serious deficiency in like wholesome content. That's not just uh-huh. like, Hey, I went to the pornography festival and here's all the weird yeah. people I met. You know, it's yeah. like, that sucks. I don't really want to watch that. But sometimes mm-hmm. I watched the video, the side talk video of the guys who are on the street after the Knicks beat the Celtics. I watched mm-hmm. that video probably every day. 
because it's one of the funny. Do you know which one I'm talking about? Have you seen this? I, don't, I haven't seen. Is that by All Gas No Breaks? No, it's Side Talk is a different group. They're similar to All okay. Gas No Breaks, but it's like um, there's a meme that went around for a while at the beginning of the NBA season, Bing Bong, where everybody was just saying Bing Bong over and over again. Oh yeah, and oh that's that guy. It's okay. that guy. So it's like the Knicks had beat the Celtics, and everybody's coming out in the street, and they're all drunk, and they're just like like losing their minds. Mm-hmm. The guy goes Bing Bong, and it just it's it's chaotic. It's like a minute long video, but it's chaotic yeah. and it's so funny. Um, yeah. but like we are, we're not really interested because in, nobody wants yeah. to make that kind of video because they think it doesn't have any mm-hmm. value, you know, no. but it's like the value is I get to reference it all the time with my brother. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that is, that is absolutely what truth charting is supposed to be. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. that so, is, that is absolutely the way we want to go. If you keep, keep leaning into that, that space, okay. the all gas, no breaks, the, the side yeah. talk, the, the naked Jakey, like that kind of stuff, man, I yeah. really think you guys are going to be able to do some really, really cool stuff. So yeah. Not to, no, I'm not your content director, so you don't have to listen to no, me. No, this is just you don't understand. I need feedback so bad. Yeah, I like I need it. Um, honestly, listeners, anyone who's listening, if you guys want to go and just rip apart my YouTube channel, please do. Yeah. Um, feedback is something that is detrimental to make sure that like that I can actually continue doing this. Yes, um, yes. Oh, that's so true, man. Hundred percent. I love those ideas. Yep. Yeah, thank you. Uh, I'm. I don't. Just to give you some clarity, like I used to be really into YouTube. I don't watch any YouTube videos. Like I've just completely cut YouTube out of my life. So the only YouTube yeah. I've watched recently is just your videos. <laughs> I just like watched them just to – I have a – I have a – I think everybody should get two things. I think you should delete Twitter off your phone, and I think you mm-hmm. should only use it on the browser. I think you should delete yeah. YouTube off your phone and only use it on your browser and your computer because there are these mm-hmm. Chrome extensions where you can hide – recommended videos recommended tweets you can hide the search bar you can hide the explore tab like and it just makes it so that if i go onto youtube it's like i'm going on because i want to watch a specific thing yeah Um, and and i find that i just there's it's very rare that i actually do go on youtube because it's like okay how do i put um how do i replace the the oil filter in my my 2005 honda pilot like i'll look that up Mm -hmm. you know i'm not opposed to that stuff yeah um but th- but th- I just found that I don't use it as much anymore. So now it's like, yeah, okay, man. I want to see if John's posts any videos. And I just look. So yeah. I encourage people Sweet. to get these. Uh, the extension I use is called Unhook for YouTube. And uh, the other one for Twitter is called Minimal minimal Theme for Twitter. So mm-hmm. check those out. Um, unpaid uh, advertisement. Yeah. Let's um, go. But yes, thank you for coming on. I'm excited to, to see where your channel goes. I'm going to keep, keep looking for it. Um, I think... As the crunch grows and uh, we start, we have, we've tossed around this idea of doing a crunch podcast network over and over again. I think people who are about our age, who are doing stuff online, like we do need to kind of circle up. Yeah. And so that ever gets off the ground and you're needing some people to do things with. I'd love to, to get you in on that conversation. Yeah. 100%. I would love that. Thank you for having me. Good deal. All right. Truth charting YouTube, everybody checking out John. Thank you for, for coming. Uh, thank you all for listening. Please pray for us. We'll be praying for you and we'll see you all next week. Peace.